back. That's a lot of middle schoolers. Way to go, guys. That's it. Very cool. Uh, well, as Eric said, I'm uh, uh, a little bit fatigued. I uh, got in, uh, um, got home around 11 o'clock Friday night, and I've uh, been trying to figure out where I am. <laughs> and I uh, really wanted to be here today and uh, just uh, missed you guys and uh, maybe uh, instead of me forgiving uh, some of you for nodding off during my message, maybe you'll have to forgive me. Uh, but uh, it was an amazing trip. For those of you who uh, don't know, I went to uh, Benin uh, in Africa and uh, to meet with uh, different people who are working to uh, combat child trafficking, and I got to meet a lot of uh, children uh, who have uh, been trafficked and who are, are, are currently um, uh, under someone else's control, and uh, just really asking God to open up my heart and uh, to be able to come back and work with you guys and to see what our part is going to be in uh, bringing an end to to uh, this horrible in, injustice. And uh, I feel even before I, I got there that God was preparing me for what I was going to experience. And uh, he kind of showed me something that, that, that started to make uh, more sense while I was in Africa. And then I don't think it's by accident that that I've come back on on Mother's Day, um, and I'll unpack that for you. But I'm only going to spend a few minutes with you guys uh, today, and then uh, Dan is going to come up and then just uh, frame up communion and lead us into uh, that that time. But I just I really felt I just wanted to share um, a little bit of what what uh, I experienced while in in Africa. Uh, everybody here knows what dehydration is. It's, uh, it's, you know, obviously having lack of water and your body starts to, to shut down. And just the way the airline system works uh, nowadays, if you've flown, you know, in the past, you know, nine years or so or eight years or so, you know, you're not allowed to bring bottles of water. It used to be my onto onto the plane and through security it used to be kind of what I would do is you know pack a bunch of water when I was going to go on the plane because you know let's face it airline when you're in the in the uh, in the air airline service isn't necessarily uh, all it's cracked up to be and and uh, sometimes it's hard to get some water so uh, especially on longer longer flights it 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 uh, becomes difficult and uh, I was in one of these situations where I was uh, uh, had a layover in Istanbul, and that's in Turkey, and then I was going to catch a flight into Nigeria, and it's about a six, seven-hour flight, uh, and so I was on that flight, and uh, just as I was on that flight, I was getting a little bit more thirsty, and and I did get some water on there, but it, but my I was starting to get prepped uh, for this. Uh, something that I was about to experience. Uh, the, the stage was being set of uh, really understanding 
what it is to be without something and without the ability to get that thing that you kind of are readily is readily available, especially in our circumstance. I mean, we may all like bottled water, but if we need to, we can drink out of a hose or we can drink out of our, our tap or, or something like that. It's not going to adversely affect us um, at that moment and probably not even really in the long run. So I was on this flight and it was a long flight and I was ready to get on the ground and uh, get into Benin. I'd been traveling for quite a while and when I got off in Nigeria, um, I get off the plane and I get into this huge kind of immigration customs line and I work through that line and I get up to the, the counter and with the, the biggest, uh, most inauthentic smile I could uh, I could muster for the the nice officer you know I uh, we started talking and uh, he decided that uh, he liked me so much that I was uh, he was going to offer me to be a guest of the Nigerian government for a while and uh, he motioned over to a another uh, uh, officer where I was moved into uh, a little holding room with a bunch of other people who were guests of the Nigerian government. And uh, uh, and we were stuck in this little room when there was no, there was no ventilation. And uh, if you could kind of picture what you would imagine a holding area for in a uh, in an African country would be like, uh, it was pretty much like that. Uh, the, it was all concrete. We were sitting on some hard benches and there was cracks. And as we sat there for hours, I was watching uh, the bugs kind of come in and out of the cracks. And it, uh, I was just getting more and more thirsty as I was waiting. And I really didn't know what was going to uh, be happening to me, and especially I started getting nervous because I had no way to communicate with the outside world, and I knew that people were expecting me and, and didn't know where I was, and I remember uh, um, I still didn't have my passport. They had taken my passport, and I, I just, I, it was one of these moments where I just, I just didn't know. I didn't know what was going to happen, and about four or five Hours later, I, I kind of looked down and I looked at my uh, my forearm and, and my skin had begun to collapse around my my veins and I was extremely tired and and I was just I just wanted something to happen and I wasn't even sure what that was but I just didn't want to be in that room anymore and finally uh, uh, immigration officer uh, came back in and and said all right we're, we're uh, going to hold you for a while uh, and we'll see what happens uh, tomorrow. Uh, we think we can, you know, we'll let you go tomorrow, but right now you're, you're going to stay here tonight. And I was thinking, oh, I can't possibly stay in this, uh, in this uh, little room. I mean, I didn't really have a choice, but, but I really didn't want to. And he said, well, follow me. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. You know, I'm going to go to, you know, a place, and then we were walking along, and I said, oh, you know, you taking me to a hotel? Is there a hotel I can stay at for the night? And, and he, he smiled at me, and uh, as we kept on walking, we walk into uh, 
the terminal, which had uh, tile flooring, and and uh, we walked in there, and and uh, at a moment he he stopped and he pointed to uh, kind of a corner area of of the terminal. He said, "This is this is where you're staying tonight." And I looked around and really realizing I didn't have any Naira, any Nigerian money, and even if I did, uh, there was nothing to buy. Every, it was about, I think it was like two in the morning, and there was not any uh, places open. And I started realizing that, that this was not a very good situation. I'm a little slow. And, uh, uh, and realizing it was going to be a really hard night. And as he walked away, and I didn't have a passport, and I was kind of locked in this room with a bunch of other unfortunates and other people kind of milling about, uh, I I stopped and and uh, I just decided to pray. Now you may have you know thought maybe I should have been praying earlier. I was, but this was a new prayer, a very specific prayer. Um, I prayed to God that I said, God, I'm dehydrated and I'm hungry and nobody knows where I am and I just I need you to intervene here. And uh, as I looked up, I. Uh, um, got a glimmer of hope. I, I saw a light on in the Air France, uh, Air France lounge. It was upstairs, so I go up these uh, circle staircase, and I, I go over there knowing that Air France is a partner of Delta, which I am a proud member of, and I thought, well... I'll whip out my little Delta card and, and uh, kind of let them know what's going on. And I have a chance here uh, at least to be able to get some water or get, you know, get, get something like that. So I knock on the, on the window and uh, this, this lady was cleaning up and she opens up the door and I, I walk in and I kind of explain what's going on. And, and, and I, I said, you know, is there any way I can buy a day membership and she just looks and says no you know we don't service delta members anymore and uh i'm like oh and uh, i said is there any way i could just pay you some money and she says no and i I said oh you know my first you know everybody says you can bribe in africa and my first shot at it and failed (laughs) miserably uh and so i I turned toward the door, just kind of resigned to the fact that I was going to just kind of have to wait out the night and see what the, the morning brings me. I'm, wa- I'm walking out, and she says, wait. And I said, yeah. And she says, are you, are you thirsty and hungry? And I said, yeah, I actually am. I'm very thirsty, and, 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 and actually, yeah, I'm very hungry. And she said, well, sit down. Let me get you some water, and I'll make you a sandwich before you go. And I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, this, is, this is amazing. And uh, so I, I sat down and, and she says, do you have a laptop? And, and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to give her my laptop, you know, <laughs> for, a, for a water and a sandwich. And I, it was, to me, it was a fair trade. And uh, I'm like, yeah. And uh, uh, she's all like, well, would you like, uh, would you like the internet co- code so you can get online? And I, and I just, I just said, oh my gosh! And I said that would be fantastic to be able to let my family know and other people know what's going on. So uh, I was sitting there, and she, 
I fire up a computer and I'm getting online and she comes out with a bottle of water and, and, uh, and a sandwich and I'm sitting there and it, a few minutes later she comes up to me and she's all like, would you like me to make you some coffee? And I'm like, are you kidding me? I, I, I mean, are you serious? I just like, God, I didn't even think about asking for that. I mean, I... You know, God can part the Red Seas, but bring me a cup of coffee in Nigeria in the middle of the night. I didn't think he could do it, but he did. And uh, so I was sitting there, and I finished up my, uh, I finish up my uh, um, coffee, and I finish up my, uh, my sandwich and my water, and, and uh, start closing everything up, and, uh, and I start... I start to, to get up. She was she'd already stayed much later than, than she was going to and and she stopped me again and she and she said, you know, it's it's not good for you uh to be sleeping out there. Um she was all uh basically it could cost me my job, but would you like to sleep in here tonight? When I leave I'll just lock you in and I'll come back in the morning and let you let you out. And I was just like, "Wow!" Uh, and I, I said, "That would that would be absolutely amazing." So she, uh, it was funny. She went and got some day-old newspaper and she laid it down on the on the tile. She must not have thought I was housebroken or something. I'm uh, <laughs> not quite sure, but uh, 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 you know, she made me a, up a, a little bed and and. Uh, I I lay down and uh, you know newspaper doesn't cushion tile that much but but I I, I was very happy I was uh, I just really felt blessed I I had had some water and and uh, had, had got to talk to my family and and I wasn't sure what the future held but I did know that God was taking care of me uh, in in that in that circumstance and. Uh, uh, had a pretty restless uh, night, and she left, you know, two-ish in the morning. I'm not sure exactly what time in the morning it was. And uh, at 6 a.m., she she came back, and and uh, before the next person who was meant to open came, and she she uh, woke me up, and in her in her hand she she had a uh, like a toiletry care bag and 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 she said would you like to to take a shower and i figured it was more for her benefit than mine so uh i uh, i went into the shower and and i uh, got cleaned up a little bit and kind of was reflecting on how uh, the power of water just uh just uh soothes the soul and replenishes the spirit and i uh, as I as I walked out, um, I was coming out and and I saw her sitting there and she she had a Bible with her and uh, she was sitting there just quietly and I sat down and and I said uh, uh, and her her friend was there uh, now and it was uh, Adi and and Angela and I kind of chuckled myself when about her name Angela uh, dropped the A what do you get you have Angel. And uh, these were two, my two Nigerian angels uh, that that evening, and uh, I was I began talking with her, and uh, she 
Uh, she said, are you, you know, a Christian? And I said, yes, uh, I am. And, and we started talking and, and I told her that she was a answer to my prayer. And I actually uh, thought it, I sh- uh, would drop the P-bomb on her, let her know I was a pastor. And uh, I did that and let her know I was a pastor and how much uh, her kindness had meant to me and how she was an answer to prayer that I couldn't even imagine uh, that God would have answered, and as we talked, she she opened up, and, and she started just breaking down in tears, and she started telling me about her life, and her circumstance, and, uh, and uh, it just um, really, really touched me how this, this woman who has much greater problems than I will probably ever know was sensitive enough to the Spirit to to uh, help someone who, who was in need. And um, I prayed with her for, you know, 30, 45 minutes and uh, um, then, then left before the, the day crew uh, came in and, and just really felt thankful about just uh, how great our God is and how... how the power of when we're sensitive to the to the spirit of of the holy spirit what an answer to prayer that we can be in people's lives and it was kind of a a, a kind of a foreshadowing of uh of what was to come you see being without water i'm normally i i always have water uh Really, I, I haven't been dehydrated uh, many times in my life, and it's always kind of amazing to me when that norm goes away, how important, how elevated it becomes. And water in Africa is is really always an issue of, of where you can get it and when when is the next time that you are going to get it. And I was thinking about just the, the issues with the children um, that arised, and something that that was absent in a lot of my travels uh, in in Benin, and it's it's interesting to me when something that's the norm is is absent, it becomes readily apparent immediately. Like if you you need water, and if you don't have it, they call it dehydration. And there's some norms in, in our world that, that are not the norms in, in Benin. And one of those norms is about, is about motherhood. And what we would consider a norm is not the norm there. In fact, I, I was doodling around as I was uh, flying and thinking and think just kind of decompressing about the about the trip and thinking about this idea of dehydration and I was like, what happens when when the normal goes away when the then there's a lack of normal and I made up another word I know you love it when I do that uh, denormization and basically the definition of that is when a, a realized value of something. You realize the value of something from the absence of that expected norm. And what I experienced in, in, in Benin, and I'm going to talk about this more in depth over the next several weeks in, in a more redemptive manner, but I, think it's, I don't think it's an accident 
that God showed me or allowed me the dehydration experience. I don't think that it was an accident that uh, I experienced and through that action was able to experience some other denormalization kind of things. I don't think it's an accident that I am back here on Mother's Day. They're, they're all intertwined, and I feel that there's a thread in all of that, that that God really wants us to talk about. You see, I experienced a lot of injustice and a, and a lot of hurt and a lot of pain with children and uh, while I was in Africa, and some of it was extremely hard. And... I was wondering why it's like that here or there and, and not like that here. And really what I, I came up with was this idea that a society that does not protect, educate, and value their children will, will never prosper. And also came up with this realization that there's, there's four norms that we have in our in our Western culture that that's not the reality of many children uh, in Africa. Not all, but, but many, a lot that I was experiencing and, uh, and, and being with. And that's the absence of a mother. Not a birth mother, obviously, but, but a true mother in what I would consider the, the biblical sense. And, and I was trying to kind of conceptualize, not conceptualize, capsulize, uh, just, just what are these, these essence, these norms that, that, that we just expect that, that these kids have not had the blessing of, of experiencing. And the first one was that a, that a mother protects one of the main jobs of a of a of a mom is to protect her children, protect them from all sorts of different things. They they can be real physical damage. It can be be just images. It can it can be just uh, different realities that they just may not be ready for. But but these are things that were absent in in my experience in in Africa that they. These children, they didn't have a mother, and I know it's a complex situation, and, and, uh, but, but in these kids' case, they didn't have a mother there to protect them. They also didn't have a mother to encourage. And can you imagine going through life and not having uh, your mom there to encourage you, to, to, to say you can when... Everyone else says you can't, or when you self-doubt, you know, that mom saying, yeah, you can take that one more step, you know, you can do this thing, you can achieve this goal. The other thing is that this, a mother's love, there's something unique about a mother's love. It's kind of this irrational kind of, kind of love, but it, it's an important kind of love, a love that, that puts that child above everything else, even her own well-being. And then finally, I, I wrote down sacrifice. Sacrifice. Uh, 
a real mom, a, a, a godly mom, a mom that is going to nurture a child and truly be there for him, will sacrifice her own well-being for her child. And I was thinking about these four things that we, I think each and every one of us would say, you know what, those are pretty much the norms. Yes, there's exceptions to it. You know, some of us had bad moms, some of us didn't know our moms, but kind of the, the, the norm is that we would expect these, these traits in a mother, a mother who protects us, a, a mother who encourages us, a mother who loves us, a, a mother who will sacrifice for our well-being. And many times we, we just don't know the real consequences of when those things are absent. And like being dehydrated, I had a very powerful reminder over the past two weeks of what happens when those things are absent. And today, I don't really want to go into to those things, but I do want to say this to the moms out there. You have been given the highest calling that I believe God can give. And yes, we joke about little things that moms do in songs and and things like that, but your influence, your protection, your encouragement, your love, and your sacrifice matters, and it is the fabric that holds together societies. And without it, the world is a dark and dismal and unjust place. And I just want to let you know, do not ever let someone slip in, oh, you're just a mom. That's all you do. It's been said that the hand that rocks the creator rules the world. It's true. You have been given the highest calling to to protect and encourage and to love and to sacrifice for God's children. You have been entrusted with a precious resource. That is an awesome call. And I just want to encourage you today that even though it's hard, and even though there's a lot of tears that oftentimes are associated with being a mother, that your influence and your patience and your protection and your Love and your encouragement and your sacrifice matters. And it matters more than probably any of us will ever fully realize. Let's pray. Let me pray for you. Dear God, I just want to lift up all the mothers 
here today is they many times go day in and day out without being thanked, without people realizing the importance of the charge that they have accepted. God, I just pray that you strengthen and bless each one of these moms. I pray that we will come around them and encourage them and love them and protect them and sacrifice for them. God, I just pray for those children who do not have the benefit of what we know. God, I pray for those who are working diligently to change the paradigm in Benin. God, I just pray that each and every one of us can be the answer to someone else's prayer today. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.